So Izzy Daniel earns second EC, earns her second ECAC Hockey Forward of the Month honor. Izzy Daniel has been named ECAC Hockey Player of the Month for the second time this season. In the month of November, Daniel registered 16 points and has held her ground as the nation's top point scorer with 2.20 per game. That's that's ridiculous. She also leads the country in assists per game, totaling 1.33. The Minnesota native is having a historic stretch as she leads the Big Red in points with 33, goals with 13, and assists with 20. That, I, these are crazy numbers. Yeah, putting, again, another Cornelian rewriting the record books. All right, moving on to men's ice hockey. Ian Shane, I mean, how much have we talked about him so far? Plenty. He's the, or he earned his second ECAC Hockey Goalie of the Month award for the month of November, and Cornell men's hockey freshman Marian Mosko will be donning a Team Slovakia sweater this upcoming week as he represents his home country at the 2023 World Junior A Challenge in Turo, Nova Scotia. So a bunch of really exciting news for, big, for Cornell Big Red Ice Hockey. The men will be back to line a rank following winter break on January 19th when they take on the Tigers and of Princeton and on Saturday, the 20th of January, while they take on Quinnipiac who beat them eight to five on the road. So a revenge game for the, for the Big Red. All right. Are we ready? Are we let's ready? do it. Well, let's do it. The stove is so hot, and I have been waiting to Scorching talk about hot. this for so long. Just 30 minutes ago. 30 minutes ago. It was reported that Shohei Otani signed. You called this, by the way. I did call this. You called the value of the contract, not the team. Not the team. I got we the team said, wrong. We said that it would be, or he said that his hitting and his pitching alone would amount to, three would be worth $350 million each what for a total value of seven hundred million dollars? Absolutely. Well, what do you know? At about three thirty, some at about like three fifteen, some odd to around. I don't know. It was reported by I believe it was ESPN. It, I believe ESPN reported that Shohei Otani signs a ten-year, seven hundred million dollar deal to go to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Wow. Oh, I, oh, I can't believe this. I was I was shook when I saw this. I was convinced that this was. I was convinced that he was going to be a Blue Jay as soon as yesterday. This is yeah. this was first reported by Jeff Passan of ESPN, and this personally, I'm just gonna go off a little bit. I like all credit to Shohei Otani. He is a complete unicorn, and he is deserving of every penny of this deal. However, I cannot stress <laughs> enough how horrible this is for the game of baseball that he didn't end up on a team that doesn't spend like it's Moneyball. Like, let's be, I would be saying this if he signed with the Mets. I would be saying this if he signed with the Yankees. Shohei Otani is so, is such a unicorn and is so great for the game of baseball. Yeah. That I understand that he wants to be surrounded with a team of superstars. And this was his decision. But for the game of baseball, he needed to do what, say, Tom Brady did for the New England Patriots and take a franchise that was, no, was a nobody franchise. Let's let let the record show that the Patriots were a joke of a franchise before Tom Brady came around. Yes, I know how they had their moments with Drew Bledsoe, but like they are as poverty franchise as we like to call <laughs> the, Jets the Jets before Brady came along and before they had the dynasty. He needed to do what baseball needed was for him to do that. Well, baseball another, didn't need him to do that, but you want that in baseball. You it's want that so to hard to do that in baseball. You ever you have you ever 
That's why, that's why we keep talking about the Griffies. This is why everybody is, this is why baseball is the ultimate team sport, in my opinion. One guy, you had the best, you, the, let's just think about this. I understand that both of them were rarely on the field together, but you have the best player of this generation in Mike Trout, and quite possibly the best player of this upcoming generation in Shohei Otani. The only player who could pitch and hit at the level he did. One of his kind, dating back to the times of Babe Ruth. And they couldn't even sniff the postseason. This was what base the Angels were going to be baseball's team of destiny, but of course it doesn't work out, so he goes and chases it back. More power to him, but I think... But this is going to cause the Dodgers to be the Dallas Cowboys of baseball. Because <laughs> I'm sorry... As much of a fan I am of Mookie Betts and Shohei Otani, and not Freddie Freeman, because he's a because he's a former Brave, and I hate the Braves. This is going to be the team. I guarantee it every year to lose to the eighty nine to the eighty nine win Reds, Mets, or whoever in the divisional series. I guarantee it. It's going to happen every year. They're not going. The playoff success is just not going to be there unless every single one of them is healthy. Yeah. And I hope they are for the game of baseball because Shohei Otani needs to win some wins. Yeah, well, well, let's just clarify first. He deserves all of this money. Absolutely. I, I, absolutely. I'm not, not saying that yeah, he doesn't deserve the money. I think seven. I think seven. I think that's fair. It's absolutely. Yeah, absolutely he deserves fair. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For but sure. But, like, I would have much preferred to see him go to Toronto. I would have much preferred to see him go, obviously, to the Mets, but the Mets don't. But, like, I, but like the Mets were not going to have a chance. The Yankees weren't going to have a chance. Yeah. This was between the Dodgers, the Angels, and the Blue Jays. And of those three teams, the Blue Jays needed it most. And they didn't get it, they didn't get unfortunately. It. I mean, the Dodgers have enough history to the point where Shohei Otani is just another chapter. He needed to be the franchise. He needed to be the And the Angels in, in failed in him so horrendously that this is what we now have. This is what we now have to have Dodgers fans be the most insufferable bunch of fans in baseball. I'm sorry. Philly fans are not going to compare to the level of toxicity that's going to ooze from Los Angeles on both sides. Because LA just, because the Angels, Anaheim just lost their best player, their franchise player, to the, to a cross-town rival. This is what would, this would be the amount of, the amount of salt coming out of Angels fans would be the same thing for me if Pete Alonso went to the Yankees. And I know where it's comparing apples to oranges. But we're talking about a franchise player, beloved by his city, going to the going to your crosstown rival. Oh, this is going to be a fun season. I can already tell. The Dodgers are going to win 120 games, and just in my opinion, I think they're going to lose to a 92 win team, 92 win four seed in the NLCS. But that's just me. It will also, let's let's remind all of the listeners how much uh, the Angels got Otani for. Almost Seven hundred guys, pennies. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean. The, the way the Angels absolutely blew this opportunity and the way it that they treated Otani... They I blew mean, his first contract. Yeah, I mean... This is what happens. We always talk about team building in the NFL where you your championship window is the largest when your quarterback is on a rookie deal. When you have to pay your quarterback, then you have a lot less opportunities to surround him with talent. And, that's what, and the same thing can be said with a star hitter or a star pitcher in baseball. Once you have to start spending 30, 40, 50 million dollars a year on a guy, let alone 70... The opportunities to surround him with other talent to build a championship roster is slim to none. Yeah, I think that's one of the most ironic parts of sports is you have that franchise guy locked in, but sometimes that might hurt your team more because now you have to pay that player so much 
And because you paid that player so much, that limits what you can get in the rest of your roster. You can see that in both baseball and, fo and in football as well. With Otani, when he was on that deal before he was 25, they weren't paying him that much. But he was making the Angels so much money, and they just couldn't perform to the level that, they, that, you know, that he wanted to. And it's Which just un really unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. Biggest choke job in the history of sports. That's inc it's incredible. The biggest disappointment in the history of sports has got to be the Los Angeles Angels as a franchise. <laughs> just choking away How Shohei Otani. How do you end? We're not even, we haven't even mentioned Mike Trout by name yet. But they've done this to him too, and I feel horrible for Mike Trout. I want I they need, he needs to be traded. He needs to be able to chase a bag just as Shohei Otani did. We are not that. We are not this man. Like like we are not trying to diminish the val like what Shohei Otani has done because he deserves this opportunity. I'm just saying this could lead. All oh, this also could lead to a salary cap in baseball because if the Dodgers do what I say and run through the run through the league and then not choking the playoffs oh we could be having some talk about like asking the Mets the Yankees who we're gonna get to and the Dodgers to cut down on spending fast yeah and, and for all the listeners out there who who don't understand how insane Shohei Otani is I, this yeah, man statistically yeah. brings you over 10 wins yeah. a season yes he's that he has that big of an impact because he's a pitcher and a hitter it almost never happens in baseball where he's the best hitter in baseball and, and the, the best, best pitcher, pitcher in baseball. Or I mean, at this least is just at, unheard the of. at his worst, he's top. He's a top ten hitter and a top five pitcher in baseball. Yeah, at his worst. So this is a man that you want on your team, regardless of the price. And another thing to keep in mind is that he's from Japan, so he'll bring the entirety of Japan, the entire country of Japan. Just to watch him. I mean, last year, in the past two years, Angel, the Angels, Angels TV broadcast was in Japan. They would broadcast just Angels games in all of Japan, and that would bring the Angels nearly forty million dollars a season. I mean, this guy's ridiculous. This so, whole off season seems to be the off season of Japanese talent coming over to coming over to the states with Yoshinobu Yamamoto being the next prize up, and it looks like it's coming down to the Mets and the Yankees. And we're gonna get to that in a second. Also, two days ago, Juan Soto traded to the Yankees alongside Trent Grisham. San Diego receives a package of five players, including Michael King and Drew Thorpe. And they got four pitchers and a catcher, and I'm sorry, I don't, I don't care what Yankee fans are going to say to me. As a Mets fan, I think this is just another... I'm, I'm obviously scared. This, uh, this outfield... Oh, they also have Alex Verdugo as well. This outfield... Uh, Stanton, Judge, and uh, Stanton, Judge, and Soto. I'm sorry, this is going to be a crazy outfield for the Yankees to also choke in the playoffs because that's a more Yankees thing to do than the Dodgers. I'd be a lot more certain that the Yankees are going to do nothing than the Dodgers. I'm sorry, they have a history of doing this. They have a recent hist excuse me, recent history of doing this. There's a reason they haven't won anything since 2009. Yeah, well, Juan Soto also won a World Series with uh, with which team, Matt? Oh my God, get out of with, my with get out team? of my face with that! <laughs> with which team? Man. Yeah, there Ew. we go. Yeah, Ew. yeah, Juan Soto with the Washington Nationals, the greatest outfielder. Anyways, uh, there was also a couple of other trades. We had Tyler O'Neill. Uh, so, how do you feel about that? Another Tyler O'Neill was traded from the Cardinals to the Red Sox. I think that's a good good building block for the Red Sox. Seattle also shipping off some of their top guys, Jared Kelenic traded to the Braves because why not and knowing the Braves he's going to turn into the superstar that the Mets thought he was going to be 
but he hasn't panned out. He was traded in the Edwin Diaz deal. Now he's going to be a Brave. And I guarantee you, when the Mets drafted him, we thought this guy was going to be our franchise player. We thought this guy was going to be our Pete Alonso. He obviously didn't. He obviously didn't pan out. Watch the Braves turn this guy into the second coming of Mike Trout. I guarantee it's the Braves. They'll do it. And then Eugenio Suarez was traded to the Arizona Diamondbacks, which is a which they have needed a guy of some veteran leadership like him. That's why Tommy Pham. Yeah, they have a lot so, of young talent. They, but they young, need a veteran they need presence. Some veteran leadership, and that's why yeah. Tommy Pham was so successful as a D-back. I mean, he was he isn't as talented as Suarez, but this is what they needed. And the Mets have done nothing. Yeah. They've done nothing. All you New Yorkers I'm listening. sorry. I understand what they're doing. They want depth pieces because, let's be real, they have no depth. And I think this season showed it. I think the collapse showed it. Once they shipped off, I was looking at the lineup card, and I'm like, who is this guy on the lineup? I'm at the game. They put in, I think it was Jose, Jose Buto, and I'm like, who? I've never heard of this guy on my life. I feel like I know every player on the 40-man roster. I have never heard of him and it felt like this was every other game that a guy was coming into pitcher to hit and i had never heard of his name so mets fans for who are complaining on and on about the mets doing absolute making no moves of significance besides the severino overpay calm down i have faith that the mets will get yamamoto and i now that i said that on air he's a yankee obviously but I have faith that the Mets will end up getting one of the prizes in free agency, and this whole offseason won't be a waste. Also, keep in mind that we're trying to compete not next year, but in 2025, which I think has been explicitly said by the ownership team. So pump the brakes. Have some. Fi- this is a completely new front <laughs> office regiment. They, ha- they have. This is not the leftovers of the Wilpon anymore. Now it is completely under the control of Steve Cohen, and they are. Go- I, tr- I trust that they're going to do the right thing. And Mets fans need to listen. They need to listen. All you, all you New York Mets fans, listeners out there, you I, just, just patience. I, okay, patience. I bash, I bashed on like five other fan bases. I bashed on the Angels, the Dodgers, the Yankees, the 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 Phillies. But like Mets, I Mets fans are so perpetually negative, and I know this because I am one, and I'm not any different. But please. There's light at the end the, of the tunnel. The com- There's well, light. Okay, okay, that's a little harsh. That's a little too far. <laughs> but, like, the comment section on every single tweet of a signing by the Mets is just, we want Yamamoto. Who is this guy? This is why we're going to win 60 games. You're not going to win 60 games. This team is at least a 75-80 win team. And that's with not even... With Mets still developing talent like Mauricio, like Beatty, who still has... Um, have you seen these workout videos of Francisco Alvarez? Oh my God, he looks so good. He looks like the future that we've been waiting for. Pump the brakes. They're going to be fine. It may not be this year, but they're going to be fine. Okay. All right, that's enough ranting. Uh, we'll see how <laughs> that we'll see how that goes out in March when when baseball season starts again. We'll definitely we'll definitely be covering that in our spring season of of Big Red Banter here on WVBR FM. But enough of Mets talk, enough of Yankees talk, enough of uh, the Poverty Angels talk. Let's do let's brighten up and talk about some football. Um, and I'm I'm happy this week because uh, despite having finals, the Commanders are on their bye. So. I don't have to Are you watch. Sure they're not going to lose. I, that's what I was. I was actually going to say um, that the Commanders might lose on their bye week, but you know what? We'll see what happens. <laughs> um, but let's talk first before we make our NFL picks for this 
week, let's talk about some stardom sit-ums. So, uh, to start, I think Nico Collins needs to be a must-start for your fantasy team after Tank Dell unfortunately got injured last week with some very terrible play design on a run. Uh, so Tank Dell is out for the rest of the season. If you have him, one of the greatest uh, waiver pickups of this season, unfortunately out for the rest of the season again. So Nico Collins is going to be CJ Stroud's number one option in Houston. So I would 100% start him um, against the Jets. Uh, the Jets have just been falling apart more and more and more with their QB situation. But now on defense, their run is hard to stop. And that's going to affect the pass as well. I would highly recommend starting Nico Collins if you have him on his bench. A lot of people have been debating this. But now that Tank Dell's out for the rest of the season, 100% start him. Along with that Houston defense special teams against uh, the Jets. Again, the Jets QB situation. Conspiracies about who who was the one who ratted out Zach Wilson online about how he doesn't want to play for the Jets anymore. Uh, personally, I think um, could be another QB or something like that. But you know what? That's just a conspiracy, right? It's just a, we, don't, we don't really know what happened there. But uh, the news is basically saying that Zach Wilson doesn't want to start. He's been he's been chosen as a starting, but he doesn't want to play anymore. Oh Who knows? Boy. Who knows? All right. I mean, the Jets QB situation. I think this is more of a coaching problem now. But regardless, fantasy wise, I would start Houston's defense. There's there's a video that I saw of a Jets QB versus the Colts. Who this was to actually win a game, which the Jets haven't done as of late. But he just takes the snap and turns around and chucks the ball at the back of the end zone. Zach Wilson is so disgruntled with the Jets front office and what they've done and their mismanagement of his promising career. He may as well do that. Matt bodes well for the Texans defense and fantasy. Yeah, and he he might have a better passer rating if he does that as well. So <laughs> let's move on to... <laughs> Sorry, Jets fans. Let's move on to Russell Wilson against the Chargers. Um, Chargers defense has been slacking lately. Uh, Russell I Wilson has been cooking lately. This game. This is a, <laughs> this I is, cannot wait. This is going to be an interesting game this for sure. Divisional AFC West divisional rival, like divisional rivalry games are always so unpredictable. They're always so fun, and it's just pretty much you could pretty much just call the AFC the AFC um, West the Big Ten or the Big Twelve because it's the games are so chaotic as as if they're like college games. They're so fun. I cannot wait for the shenanigans that are going to come out of I this game. I cannot wait either. I, there's definitely going to be some weird, you know, sh shenanigans, stupid things. Someone's going to pull a trick play. Yeah. A wide receiver's going to throw a touchdown. Only in the AFC West. Yeah, only in the AFC West, guys. So, you know what? I would actually put that game on watch. Maybe you know. Russ will pull some Patrick Mahomes stuff and throw the ball with his left hand. Yeah, he'll, you know, he's going to chuck it up to Cortland Sutton for a touchdown with one second left in the game. You know, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just keep that game on alert. If you have Russell Wilson on your bench over someone, I would start him. Start him. Start him. All right, let's now go to the sit-ums. Boo. I would definitely sit both Cowboys and Eagles defenses with this amazing Sunday night football game I'm so tomorrow. excited for this one. Tomorrow I'm going to come home for my stats final and just do absolutely nothing and just watch football for yeah. the rest of the game. I'm going to go, I'm probably going to go to my final at around 1 o'clock, up like 13-something, up like 13-4 in fantasy. I'm going to come back down 70 to 70 to 6. <laughs> come back down 70 to 30. Yeah, I mean, this is must-watch football. Oh, this I is as best it. as it gets. You have... The quarterback of the Cowboys, Dak Prescott, in MVP conversation. You have the quarterback of the Eagles, Jalen Hurts, in MVP conversation. This is for the 
the first overall place in their division in the NFC East. This is for all the stakes. I think whoever wins this game is in the MVP combo. Whoever wins this game is going to be, you know, possibly the number one seed. Right, exactly. Winner of this game controls their their destiny for the division title, potentially for the one seed. For the one seed. I do believe that the winner of this game controls their division for the one seed as well. This is... Yeah, this is the game This is game of the year right here. This is game of the year material. We don't know how the game's going to turn out, but... And this is also at Dallas... You know, we'll Dallas has a we'll tendency. We'll, we'll talk about that. But another one to start, I think, is the Buffalo defense. Um, these Buffalo-Kansas City games, you never know what's going to happen. There's always a wild matchup. Everybody remembers that divisional game from a couple, a couple years back. Um, every, Kansas, every Kansas City-Buffalo game is a must-watch football. Tomorrow at 425 p.m., I would tune in. But start that Buffalo, uh, sit that Buffalo. Sit the Buffalo defense Absolutely. because let's be real, Patrick Mahomes is just too good. And that whole Chiefs team is too good. The only way that I would start the Buffalo defense if you somehow got the script and it read Kansas City drops 10 passes. Yeah. But that's not going to happen. We'll see. All right. And then the last one was. Uh, this one was me. I, this put, was I, Matt. I took, I literally took his, like, writing this up last night, I literally took his laptop and typed this one up because I remember, because remember post Thanksgiving break when I said George Kittle doesn't perform against the Seahawks? George Kittle doesn't perform against the Seahawks. <laughs> if you have two top five tight ends and George Kittle is one of them, start the other guy. If you have a nobody as your other, t- as your backup tight end, start Kittle. But if you have two tight ends, if you have Hawkinson, if you have Laporta, if you have Kincaid, Kincaid, exactly. If you have Kelsey and you have Kittle, which trust me is possible because to people are just drafting tight ends like it's nothing. And I've seen a lot of leagues. People have some crazy tight trust end me, tandems. I, I, oh, no, I have TJ Hawkinson and Sam Laporta. I have Hawk. I have um, Laporta and Kittle. Yeah. I'm only Start starting Laporta. one of them. I'm starting Laporta. You, and if you have two tight ends, if you don't, Kittle is either flex upside. He's got upside for flex if you have a better tight end. But if you're in a decision where you actually have two close enough tight ends, not Kittle. Because history says he doesn't play well, well against the Seahawks. So we'll see we'll see how that works out. But statistically speaking, you should not start Kittle. Now let's go to the pick'ems for NFL. We're going to tell you how we think these games are going to turn out tomorrow. Uh, Matt is leading me 4-1-1 and one and one in predictions. I'll just point that out right now, and that's just because I love to troll. Um, it's my trolling. T- it's my my time to troll. But this week, it is Matt's time to troll. So. All right, so let's do it. Let's, let's, do run, do let's it. run it down. First of all, the New England Patriots on Thursday Night Football took down the Pittsburgh Steelers in a game that we don't pick because we could because we can't prove to you that we got the game right or wrong. So, and also, just like to point out, nobody watched that game. I did. Uh, was it... Good. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's why <laughs> I didn't Patriots watch it. Opening drive was what we've been w- waiting for all year, and imagine they did that all season. All I'm saying, I'm not going to speak any further on the Patriots. All I'm saying is that this defense from the Patriots is potentially all-time level good. I'm just going to say it. this defense is an all-time unit. Their offense is also an all-time unit. Just an all-time horrendous. Horrendous. Unit. There you go. If their offense was league average, they would be like eight and they would be like eight and four. They have had five chances at game-winning drives and have blown every single one of them. They could have beaten the Eagles. They could. They almost <laughs> lost to the Jets. They could. It's this. Is, I'm not even. They could have beaten the Commanders. They could have beaten the Giants. They could have beaten the Giants. They could have beaten the Commanders. They could have beaten the, the char- Chargers. Chargers, sure, they yeah. had a chance. Yeah. It's every week. 
this team, if the offense was league average, would be a playoff team. Not even league. I would say if they were 20th. If they were 20th in scoring. 20th in scoring, And yeah. they would probably, you know, have at least an even record right now. They would be probably in the playoffs. They would be better than the Steelers, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, because, I mean, the Steelers' offense is also god-awful. But. And we scored more points than them, so obviously our offense is has has better potential than them, and we already know our defense is better. <laughs> All right. Let's That's, not, you know, head-to-head, because head-to-head means everything. Head All right, the 1 o'clock games, we seem to agree on, we agree on Houston beating the Jets, Baltimore beating the Ravens, on Carolina, both of us have them beating the Saints. Where do we have any reasoning on that, or is that just the vibe? I, 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 well, first off, this is an NFC South matchup, and so nothing. Can, so nothing matters. Nothing. Okay. <laughs> nothing matters. And uh, honestly, if I see Carolina winning just one more game this season, it's bound to happen because no team can ever tank properly. Panthers will win this game. Yeah, this is the, this seems like the game that the pa- Panthers will attempt to screw up their tank. I think right. this is the game, especially when another tanking team below them or above them wins a game, which is the Patriots. The other tanking team tends to win. This is the ga- this would be the game. We both have Cincinnati beating Indy, and we both have Tampa Bay beating Falcons. We all right. First descent. I have Jacksonville. You have Cleveland. Neither team has a quarterback. This game is a toss up. Really is a toss-up. I think that uh, the Jaguars have had less time to adjust. Um, I think the Browns have also lost their starting quarterback, obviously, but they've kind of settled into their QB situation a little bit. Trevor Lawrence just got injured last week. We don't know how it's going to pan out with their backup. Um, This is also a Browns home game. I don't know if it matters that much. But I think the Browns, with their number one, number two defense in the league, I think it can stop a backup quarterback at Jacksonville. <laughs> so I think Trevor Lawrence really meant a lot to that team. I, I don't think you could put any QB in that system and have it succeed. Um, so I think Cleveland's going to come out with this one. Really is also a toss-up, but that's why I picked Cleveland. Okay. So I'm sorry. We have some breaking, some breaking developments in baseball. A oh lot boy. of people are speculating on where Yoshinobu Yamamoto is going to go. A lot of people are saying it's a lot more... A lot of people are just concluding that since Otani went to the National League, he would want to go to the American League and be a Yankee. That's all. I'm just going to leave it at that. Let's save right? that we for We know it's for, between for the Mets time. and the Yankees. And we know the Mets just took a visit to Japan to visit Yamamoto. But with that Otani signing, now that he's in the National League... All I'm saying is it could sway the odds in the Yankees' favor. We'll see. All right, back to football. Um, we both have Detroit over the Chicago. No, no surprise. We both have San Francisco over the Seahawks. No surprise. We both have the Vikings over the Raiders. Also not a surprise. KC, Buffalo. What are we doing here picking the Bills? So I think KC, uh, Buffalo is really almost like a divisional matchup at this point. They play every single year, and you never know what's going to happen. Chiefs have beaten the Bills a couple of times. Bills have destroyed the Chiefs a couple of times. Um, regardless of what their record looks like, I think this is going to be a toss-up. It's going to be a great game. Um, the Bills have shown that they can play at a high level, even though they've lost some very, very questionable games. Um, <coughs> Broncos. So, But they've also shown that they can play at a very high level just like they did with the Eagles. I know that I understand that game went to overtime. If this game also goes to overtime, it's a done deal. They've lost. But if they can <laughs> <laughs> smash this out in four quarters, I think the Bills will come out on top. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm going with the favorites here. I'm going 
with the home team as well. I think that'll play a pretty big advantage for the Chiefs. I am just gonna, I'm going with Kansas City as long as their receivers can catch a pass. Yeah, the, given that their receivers do not have butterfingers tomorrow. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. All right, another game that we have split is Denver versus Los Angeles, Broncos versus Chargers. I have Denver going into uh, Chargers, SoFi, and beating them out. Um, for my, for my um, reasoning, Chargers really don't have home field advantage ever. So let's just let's just get that out of the way. That that matters matters like zero. It literally makes no difference. It really doesn't if you're Chargers. I mean, the the 17 fans at SoFi will will be making so much noise. I but Denver, I think will come out. I think they had a very tough loss against Houston last week. It was a very fun game to watch. But the Broncos, I think, are just a better team. That's it. Yeah. Simple, simple as that. All right. Next up, we have Eagles versus Cowboys. Game of the week, possibly game of the year at this point. Uh, two of the best teams uh, in the NFL, two of the best quarterbacks, both in the MVP conversation. The only reason why I'm picking the Cowboys and Matt's picking the Eagles, the only reason why I'm picking the Cowboys is because they have not lost at home since 2017. They defend their home like God knows. So we'll see how this game comes yeah, out. I'm the crazy one to pick against the Cowboys at home. Give me the Eagles. For the reason of this, they just, okay, this is a Philadelphia-based team under the impression that nobody likes them because they're from Philly. Everybody loved when they got blew out by Kansas City. I feel like this is a team that's going to come in against a division rival with a vengeance. Walk into your trap, take over your trap. This is going to be a team that's going to, I personally think, this game's not going to be close. Wow. Eagles are going to come out with a vengeance, with a fire, and I think this team matches up extra extraordinarily well. I think Deron Bland is sort of on the decline. I think A.J. Brown goes for at least 100 yards and a touchdown, probably two touchdowns. I think this Cowboys defense, I think as long as the Eagles offensive line, which many believe to be the best unit in the league, is able to keep the pressure on Jalen Hurts to a minimum, I think the Eagles win this game by two possessions or more. Two possessions or more. I, I would disagree with Eagles that. 31-14. 31-14. You heard it here, guys. Uh, I think the Cowboys uh, defense is really just going to keep Jalen Hurts from scrambling up the middle, keep him from running, and if they can just contain Jalen Hurts, uh, as won't. you heard, as you heard, they Nick, won't. Nick Bosa said they already have the blueprint out for him. I think the Cowboys will follow that. And no, I think it will be a there's close. no blueprint. The entire uh, the entire protection scheme is going to change. The Eagles are too are the the Eagles are too smart a team to just keep doing the same thing with a team who has very well, similar the, weapons. Well, they have been doing the same the thing edge. all year. So the Eagles, I guarantee you, that the protection packages are going to be a lot different, a lot better. We're going to see a lot more. We're gonna see a lot more pulling guards on run plays. We're gonna see a lot more, a lot more tight end help on passing plays because we know how much of a disruptor Micah Parsons can be. And if the Eagles are smart, which they are, because that's what that's why they're such a good team, they also know that Micah Parsons is such a disruptor, and they're gonna do everything in their power to stop him. The entire game plan is let AJ Brown run wild and stop Micah Parsons at all costs. Guess what? It's not that. Guess what? When you have an offensive line like Philly. It's not that hard when you just double them all game. Well, I guess we'll see what happens. Um, I think I personally think again. I think Cowboys will come out on top, but really this game is again game of the year. Oh tune yeah, for sure. in. game of the year. Absolutely, tune in. It doesn't matter if you like to watch football or not. This is must see TV. All right, let's go to the doubleheader 
Monday night games. We have the Giants versus the Packers. Um, Giants are at home at MetLife. I picked Green Bay. I think Jordan Love is looking to be the third coming of Brett Favre, second coming of Aaron Rodgers. We need to stop that overreaction. <laughs> this is an overreaction, guys. Every time a every time a Packers quarterback does this, every time a let's be real, every single time a team with a history of having good quarterbacks has one good game. Y'all jump on him like he's the second coming of insert really good quarterback well, from just, that team's history. Well, let's just stop right there. How I'm many, not sold on it. Let's just let's just stop right there. How many quarterbacks have has Green Bay had in the past 30, 35 years? Two. Two. Exactly. So, you know, you never know. I think I think Jordan Love played a fantastic game against Kansas City. He looked very good. Very good. I, I don't think it was that Kansas City defense was lacking. He was just dotting them up. You go look at the highlights online. You go look at the plays that Jordan Love was making against Kansas City. He did kind of resemble Aaron Rodgers. Like, unironically, he did kind of look like Aaron Rodgers. How he yeah, was reading the, film, the field, yeah, how the calm film did he look, was. He wasn't, really, he wasn't really breaking the pocket too, really. He was kind of staying within his tackle box, staying within himself. I loved how he was able to step up in the pocket and just deliver throws, with deliver accurate throws with poise. With that being said, <laughs> this, one's a re this one's a pick coming directly from my brother who was on the fourth episode of Big Red Banter, who was all in on the Tommy DeVito train, Give me the Giants. Give me the Giants. Give me Tommy Cutlets. Give me Tommy Cutlets. Exactly. <laughs> Tommy exactly. Cutlets. Exactly. Don't ever pick against Tommy DeVito. All right. Don't well, ever pick against Tommy DeVito. He's doing the Italian thing right now. Matt's exactly. doing the Italian thing right now in the radio station. Yeah. <laughs> I can do that. Well, there we go. All right. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. Final game. The second, second game of the doubleheader Monday Night Football games. This week we have Miami against the Titans. I think we both we both picked Miami against the spread as well. It's a 13 point spread. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I think uh, Tyreek Hill is going to have like a 200 yard game. Um, Tyreek Hill is just ridiculous. I mean, it, I don't even know what to say about m the Miami Dolphins. I mean, their offense is just so explosive. I don't see Titan Tennessee stopping it at all whatsoever. As long so. as this, as long as Miami's defense plays a bad game, I'll be a happy camper. I got Derrick Henry in a must win fantasy game, and I need him to at least go for like 17 points. Which for Derrick Henry, which for Derrick Henry, this late in the season, shouldn't be that hard. So like, please, thank you. I don't care what the Dolphins do. I care what Derrick Henry does. I still think the Titans are going to get absolutely destroyed in this game. But that will do it for our time. Well, there's there's one more matchup. It was uh, the Commanders against the bye week. Bye week by twenty. Moving on. That <laughs> will do it. For this week in the NFL, when we come back, let the debates begin. The college football committee has spoken, and we have our takes. So when we come, so when we come back on Big Red Banter. It's going to be some college football and the in-season tournament.
WVBR is Tompkins County's home of winning. Contests on WVBR are open to all listeners age 18 or older, except employees of WVBR, its advertisers and sponsors, and members of their immediate families. Listeners are eligible to win prizes every two weeks, and listeners forfeit any prize not claimed within four weeks. Complete copies of contest rules are available at the WVBR Studios, 604 East Buffalo Street, Ithaca, New York, 14850. From your home of winning, 93.5 WVBR and WVBR.com. The days are getting cooler and the nights are getting longer, so cuddle up with Rockin' Remnants. The longest-running, coolest oldie show in town. Rockin' Remnants every Saturday night is brought to you by Island Health and Fitness and Rasa Spa. Both conveniently located on Taganic Boulevard and Ithaca's West End. Don't forget to check out our blog at rockinremnants.com. That's Rockin' Remnants every Saturday from 6 to 9 on WVBR-FM and WVBR.com. All right, and we are back, ladies and gentlemen. So we've gone through Cornell Sports Recap. We've gone through baseball. We've gone through football. We've gone through the stuff that people actually want that people actually want us to talk about, but now we're going to the stuff that we want to talk about. College football, so far, already ongoing today is the Army-Navy game, which America's game played at the home of the New England Patriots. How fitting. Right now, the Black Knights of Army are up 10 to nothing on the midshipmen. Meanwhile, the entire game day crew picked Navy. Bill Belichick did a a um a headgear pick it's like Lee funny, Cor- yeah. He put the Navy helmet on from the from I believe it was the 60s. Absolute yeah. tossed it on and he said, "Give me Navy basically." Pretty much, um, yeah. And and and, and, and nobody can Bill ever Belichick tell me that say. Bill Belichick is not a fun person. He, he is a very fun person when you're not talking about NFL. Okay? Exactly. Um, exactly. He is strictly business when it comes to football, but he could, you know, this man has could has can have a little bit of fun as people have seen in the past. Oh, but. this is oh, this is this is why everybody loves Bill Belichick, right? Yeah, everybody. I'm, I'm, yeah. Everybody is a New England Patriots fan. I'm not speaking for the average NFL fan, of course. I mean, he hasn't tormented all of your franchises for 20 years. All right. Well. I don't want to go into that, but <laughs> let's talk about uh, the current college football standings and what teams got into the playoffs. Just to remind everyone, the number one ranked Michigan is in the playoffs. Number two ranked Washington is in the college football playoffs. Number three is Texas, hook them. And number four is Alabama Crimson Tide. Here we go. Here and we go. guess who got left out? FSU got left Florida out. Florida State got this, left out of the playoffs. Here we go. Here we go. So, first of all, do you think they deserve to get in? Abs, Florida State? Yes. Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to have to disagree with Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Okay, okay. So, FSU getting... He, everyone's saying FSU getting left out of the college football playoff was an absolute travesty. And I'm here to tell you, do you want good football to be played on New Year's Day? Do you want the Rose Bowl to be the granddaddy of them all as advertised? Because I'm sorry, if you put FSU out there with Tate Rodemaker as their quarterback, it's going to be as bad as Alabama versus Cincinnati, as Georgia versus UC, or excuse me, Georgia versus TCU. Do you want competitive football in the playoffs? Yes or no? If yes, suck it up, accept the committee's ruling, and let Alabama play because I I got a feeling that Michigan doesn't know what's coming to them. There's a reason Michigan was at, was looked visibly upset when Alabama was revealed to be number four. It's because they're scared. And I'm going to go on record right now and say that Alabama wins this Rose Bowl. And then goes to the college football playoff and wins. You're not stopping Saban on a mission. Alabama will be the national champion, just proving every single one of you who thinks FSU should have gotten in 
Raw. Well, let me let me say this right now. If the college football playoffs matter that much, which they do, obviously, at that point, what is the point of the regular season? Okay, at this point, if you're not gonna let an undefeated Power Five champion into the playoffs, what's the point of the regular season? At this point, just pick four teams before any games happen and just let them in. Okay, if if the, if we knew this was the outcome, you should have just picked Alabama before the regular season even happened. How do you let a 13 and 0 ACC champion? Out of the playoffs. This is the first and only time this has ever happened in college football. I think part of the reason is because of TCU last year getting destroyed by Georgia in the playoffs. That scared the committee a little bit. They were like, we don't want this to happen again. And they saw that Jordan Travis, you know, was injured. And they were like, let's just leave Florida State out. You cannot do that. The backup was playing just fine against decent teams in the last two games. All right. And if you're going to argue that he's that important, why did was he not nominated for the Heisman? Yeah, I agree with that. He wasn't okay. even was he, I don't even think he was top 10. He would, no, he wasn't. And which is he, crazy. And you're going to leave Jordan That's Travis the, out? Okay, I'm 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 going to agree with like, you this on is that. crazy. The hypocrisy of I understand the vote. The, let's be real. Let's just make this known. The college football playoff committee and the voters for the Heisman are very are different groups of people. Yeah. However, the fact that FSU got left out and Jordan Travis wasn't even top 10. J.J. McCarthy was receiving more votes for the Heisman than... Um, yeah, and all he does is hand the ball off. Yeah, I was going to point that JJ out. Mc everyone's hyping J.J. McCarthy up like he's a first-round talent. I'm here to tell you as a man who's watched J.J. McCarthy as a fan of the Michigan Wolverines for the past three years before coming to Cornell... J.J. McCarthy is not a good quarterback and will not will have the same amount of success in the NFL as Mac Jones. I was going to say <laughs> Daniel Jones because just because he's just because he's closer of a player. Well, no, no, well, no, well, let's just let's just say J.J. McCarthy. Uh, Mac Jones is actually like not as athletic as Daniel Jones. Just pointing we, we that know, out. That's what that's what you I'm know. saying. J.J. McCarthy. Well, J.J. McCarthy's closer than closer in my opinion closer to Daniel. Than he Mac, kind because of coming out of college, we were not having questions about Mac Jones' arm talent. We were not having questions about that. He was throw. He was making every pass in the book to the likes of Devonta Smith and Henry Ruggs, and I think that's why we all got deluded about Mac Jones because of the weapons that he had. I'm not gonna say that he's good. He's not. But let's be real. When I say JJ McCarthy should not be in the is Heisman a product of the system. Well, he's not. He's only tenth. Well, yeah, but he but should. He's a, he, he should not be gotten... higher than Jordan Travis. Are yes. You what are we doing? Okay. And and let's go back to that FSU debate. Again, I'm going to repeat this. There is no way you do not let a 13 and 0 ACC champion into the college football playoffs, regardless of the outcome in the playoffs. Th you this have is to understand. Kill the ACC. It doesn't matter. You you have to realize that these teams play just to, for a chance to get into the playoffs you you have to realize it doesn't matter like the four best teams like you, the college football playoff committee has done which teams are the most deserving for the entirety of how long it's existed and after tcu last year they looked at it and they were like we're not doing that again now it's going to be four quote-unquote best teams that is complete disregard to the teams that actually have not lost a single game, teams that deserve to be in the college football playoffs, and it, we don't we don't need to look at the college football playoffs. We need to talk about who deserves to get in, and Florida State deserved to get in. I think this is a highway D1 robbery of Florida State getting into the playoffs. I don't care how it turns out at the very end. I understand that the college football playoffs want the games to be as entertaining as possible, but when you have a team that worked so hard to get to where they are, 13-0, and 0, 
in a Power 5 champion. I'll repeat that. This is the first time that a team that like that has been left out of the playoffs. This is ridiculous, okay? Texas has lost the game. Alabama has lost the game. Florida State's schedule was not any easier, not significantly easier than these two teams. So I don't understand like how you can do this to a team that, you know, has worked so hard and has almost had very little success in the playoffs for quite a stretch. Yo, this team almost lost to BC. I'm just saying. Well, I mean, Alabama, you know, lost to Texas. And, you know, so, like, I, I mean, all of these teams have had really ugly losses. I mean, if you ugly, do this. Hold on. Ugly. Alabama lost to Texas by, like, three points. Texas lost to Oklahoma, who we all thought was going to be the second coming of the Baker Mayfield Oklahoma Sooners. I would just like to point out that. By, by, a, by a touchdown with, like, 30 seconds left to play in the game in a storybook moment for Dylan Gabriel. Texas could have very easily won the game. All I'm saying is it is just let's assume go back to November 4th when the Georgia Bulldogs took over took on the Missouri Tigers and Mizzou let's just say Mizzou beats Georgia pretend Mizzou then goes to the SEC championship they go play Alabama what happens if Mizzou wins what happens then are we leaving Alabama is Alabama gonna get in because I think they they still might get in I still yeah I think Alabama it would I think Alabama would just drop to three Mizzou would be or Hell, even Georgia would get in, right? Georgia might get in over FSU with this. There is some sort of... The SEC bias is crazy in a year where the SEC... Isn't good. Isn't good. They're just not good. They're not good. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. They're not good. But at the same time, there this is... I'm sorry. Money... Let's be real. Money runs the world. And what's going to generate the most money is Al is Alabama, go the new age blue blood, going up against... The most successful program in the history of college football in Michigan, either them or FSU, still a storied program, but it's that or Alabama. What's going to make them more money? What's going to have them more? Well, obviously, it's going to make more money, but you realize that's the, that's the that's, that's part the just- of the reason that the game is against. Imagine you, can you imagine this happen in the NFL or the NBA? Or college basketball. I mean, it would just be ridiculous. It would be crazy. Everybody would be strongly against Why it. Why play the game? This is exactly what's the point of the regular season? Why play season? the games? It, it's a terrible situation, but in the same, but it's the college football playoff on its website before Travis went down listed unavailability of key players as one of its selection criteria. Y'all, this is not new. This could have been a scenario we saw in any other of the well, 10 I'm just years. I'm going to point out right now that JJ McCarthy is not a key player, okay? So if you're gonna if you're gonna do that, Michigan should not be in the playoffs either. Fair enough, um, fair so, enough, fair enough. All I'm saying is unavailability of key players, this is not new. This has just not been relevant up until this year. Right. I'm not upset at the people who think that FSU going undefeated and not making a college football playoff is wrong. I'm mad at the people who think that FSU not making it because of Jordan Travis being out is something made up by the committee and unjust. Now, yes, there is some sort of unfairness, but this is not new. This is not like the professor, like your professor. I understand it's not failing new, to grade your exam I've in never, a fair way. I've never seen not an example like this before happening in college football history to this extent. Oh and yeah, that's, for sure. That's what really ticks me off. No, be- but let's be real. This is not new. This is very clearly outlined on the college football playoff website. This is not an excuse to get more money 
This is an excuse from Alabama. Alabama. I disagree. It really with, is. Well, yes, but this yes, is not. It is. Well, yes, but this is not what Al. This is not SEC. This is this is not Alabama's an SEC. So we're gonna put the SEC team in. Oh, this is not. Oh, we want more money. Strict. This is not strictly. We want more money, so we're going to do Michigan versus Alabama because it's a matchup that we've all been waiting to see at a national stage. I mean, it is indirectly this related is to views. It com- partially it is. It yeah, absolutely I'm not going to say it has nothing to do with it. I'm just saying this is people calling this a complete and other utter money grab is crazy because when I would love to, I cannot wait to see what would ha- happen when Georgia plays FSU. With a lot of their key players missing because of the draft. Now, granted, FSU is also probably going to be missing a good amount of their key players. Probably one of their best edge rushers is going to be out of that game. Regardless, actually, no, I disagree. FSU will probably have a lot less missing key players sitting at the bowl game. Regardless, I think FSU is going to get clobbered by Georgia. Or, and everyone's going to stop with this. Right. Okay. Play. But, you say why play the games? FSU's got a chance to show the committee that they messed up. Right, but by then it's too late. I know by then it's too late, but this is right. So if you prove if me you wrong, FSU, I would love to see it happen because my heart breaks for you. But I'm sorry if you got on the fo- on the field against Michigan to play in the Rose Bowl. They're hanging fifty on your heads. I'm sorry, okay. Jordan Travis makes that much of a difference. This game's probably going to be 38-3 level bad. Right, and this is this is why that is some of the worst logic I've heard. And because if you were to extend that to any other sports, what do you think would happen? You think that imagine the outrage that would happen if the NFL had a selection committee for its playoffs every year? Could you imagine the thing how is that bad it di- would be? The thing is that there's different tiers of college football. The NFL, everyone's on the same playing field, but the TV deals are the same. For everyone, the salary cap is the same for everyone. The everyone's professional. Well, there's no is, power does this five in college basketball. There's no power five group. Yes, yes, it does. When it comes to the playoffs, do they just randomly pick who's gonna win? Yes. It's just, no, you can't be doing that. I mean, like 32 teams for automatic qualifier, and the last 32 teams usually they seed themselves, but it's never this bad because there's 64 teams that get in. Yeah. It, so. That's and in the issue with the college football In basketball, it's a lot easier to make an upset. It is a lot easier for an Ivy League team to go to the Sweet 16. I'm sorry. Harvard was a great football team. They won the Ivy League. Harvard was a great football team this year. But they would get absolutely destroyed by any of the fo- the top six, any of the top ten. Wait, absolutely easily. There's some extent to that, but... We're talking about the best teams in college football. Florida State is up there. And that's why four is not and that's why four is not enough. And that's why and this is why we're going to twelve. And that's why the only the only conclusion that everybody can agree on with this mess of a Florida State situation is that this is why we need a twelve team playoff. And yeah. I cannot wait for it to happen. Wait because I'm it. sorry, nobody's I'm sorry. The only people who are gonna get mad that thirteen is twelve and twelve is thirteen is the people who are fans of those teams because that 12th team probably is going to lose to number five anyway because it's a team like FSU. I let give me a second. Let me just check who the CF the CFP um number 13 is. Well, let's let's just well, here, play this here's out. Here's the thing, okay? 
Let's right. just play this out. They should have done this 12-team oh, playoff it's a, thing. It's all. LSU. It's LSU. Or number right, 12 exactly. is Oklahoma. I mean, that actually might be a close game. Exactly. I stand corrected. So I completely stand corrected, actually. Right. So, like, these rankings are so difficult to determine. I get it, okay? But this is why we need a larger playoff picture, just like college basketball. Obviously not to the extent of college basketball because the the, the level of talent is just different. The upsets, the, the conditions of the game are just different. And also, and also, you know, you need a whole week's rest worth of recovery to play, you need a whole week's rest of recovery. That's a whole nother factor. Right, exactly. But the conditions are, we cannot wait to see what the 12-team 12, 12 playoff structure will look like. And this was a no-win scenario for the college football playoff, where no matter who you no matter who you pick, you're wrong in some way. This was a no-win, and I think we kind of just demonstrated. We both had pretty good arguments here, and I think that was the best rant in Big Red Vanter history, and a perfect way to close out the last in-person episode of Big Red Banter. We'll, we're going to take a, a travel break next week. We'll see you on Saturday, the 23rd of December for our holiday for our holiday cheer episode of Big Red Banter. Coming up next is Happy Hour on WBBR. But hold on, we're not done. We will be airing remote shows all through holiday break until we get back on the 20th of January. So we will see you in two weeks on Big Red Banter. Now coming up, is happy hour. You're tuned in to WVBR 93.5 Ithaca's Alternative. This is Jerry Shang and Matt Mano here, our wonderful sports director. We are signing off, and we will see you in two weeks. I do.